This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 349, The Power of Consistency, with Jason Lynette and Richard Nongard. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You know, that might be one of the first times that I've said my own name in that cold open section. And with that in mind, hey, it's Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast. And I'll tell you the quick inspiration behind this week's episode was that in various groups that I participate in and groups that I run myself, there's been an ongoing question about how do you get clients? How do you build up your skills and confidence as a new hypnotist? How is it you get long-term results, really, with anything? And it turned out that really there's one answer to all these questions the theme of consistency. And this was about to be a solo episode this week on the program, though I sent a message over to Richard Nongard and called him out because here's someone who has written more than two dozen books, has put out 2,000 plus videos online over the years. And really, if you look at the people in this industry who are still actively doing the work of hypnosis and seeing clients, as well as continuing to grow their business, Without any ego, we are clearly people who are consistently putting out the information that helps to make that happen. So we're about to jump over to this conversation right away, where you're going to hear the themes of how to create consistency, how to create rituals, how to actually get things done, and where to put that focus in terms of momentum. You're going to hear us toward the end talk about two upcoming projects. We consistently keep selling out the Work Smart Hypnosis live and online training, which you'll hear about that in this conversation. You can check out the details for the one coming up in January 2022 at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And also check out the show notes, because coming up in February, we have the upcoming ICBCH live and in-person hypnotic convention, the Winter Hypno Conference. Get all the details in the show notes at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. And here we go. Episode number 349, hey, 350's next week, The Power of Consistency, that's consistency, here we go, let's do it right, episode number 349, The Power of Consistency, with Jason Lynette and Richard Nongard. So, hey, there's been a theme that's been popping up consistently, both in my public work smart hypnosis community, and even at times in the public ICBCH community, and it's funny that the answer to most of these concerns comes down to one word, consistency. And I thought rather than address it myself, I got Richard Nongard here. Hey, Richard. Hey, Jason and everybody who's tuning in. It's great to talk to you again. Awesome. So I want to kind of kick this off on your side. When we define consistency, notice that we're not even talking motivation. Motivation is kind of that first step and the consistency is what becomes the result. I tend to say focus on consistency and then the motivation will naturally follow. But to just kind of give a blanket description as to what consistency means to you in the shape of, let's say, your business of seeing clients and also actually getting the clients, how would you define that mechanism of consistency? Well, I'm going to go back to a quote you always say, which uh, you probably lifted from somewhere, but uh, I've heard it floating around and that is do the thing that does the thing. And if you do the thing that does the thing over and over and over, it produces results. I see far too many people, both in their practice as well as in their marketing, start something, try something, 
and then move on rather than developing it, refining it, and building on it. And I think that it's really important to uh, be consistent and to develop processes and uh, call them even standard operating procedures from the business world. That's really helpful, both in marketing as well as in practice. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the do the thing that does the thing is a Jason Lynette original. So I think we need to file a trademark or something on that. There you go. There you go. That's that's what's trending nowadays. So then let, let's get specific here because there's a conversation I had yesterday where I kind of revealed you know, that in my opening years of running my business, I, I didn't have kids yet. And so I purposefully overloaded my schedule seeing a ton of clients. And it was through that consistency, I'll say it politely, that's how I got good at this. Absolutely. So like for the new student of hypnosis, or even the person who's looking to get more confidence in what they do, what would be some of your approaches to bringing consistency into that practice so that their confidence and yes, their results also begins to rise? Well, I think one thing is creating office hours. I mean, it sounds obvious, but uh, I remember when I opened my very first private practice on Research Boulevard in Austin, Texas, and probably that's a good name for a street. At Research Boulevard, probably in 1991, and I opened the office from nine to five, and I literally sat in the office next to a telephone at my desk with zero clients from nine to five. I think it's really important to be consistent in everything, to do the thing that does the thing, and being at work is working. And that was how I built my first practice. So I think a new hypnotist needs to schedule out time. This is when I'm going to be working with or seeing clients. They don't have to do it 40 hours a week if they're new and they don't have any client base. But open up that Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning from 9 to noon and call that your work time. Uh, schedule it as your work time. And if you have no clients during that work time, that's when you can be writing scripts so that you can be practicing for when you do have clients. That's when you can be reading more or learning more about hypnosis so that when you do have clients, you can do well with it. And I think a nine hour commitment, the nine to noon, uh, open office hours for a new hypnotist who has no clients isn't an extravagant uh, commitment, but it says, I'm doing this as a profession. I have hours, I'm at work. And I think that's important. I love what you said there about carving out that time. and. You know, we, we can talk about two different ways of approaching this because I know you and I organize calendars differently. Uh, you have a calendar and her name is Stephanie Skiba. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my, my calendar is uh, a mixture of Microsoft Office and we're, we're moving things over to Google at the moment, which that's fun. Uh, but I, I discovered something about myself a while ago, which is that the to-do list becomes a distraction of things that just pile up. Absolutely. And, in, and in my world, it became the rule that if it's important, it has to be scheduled. Yeah, I don't have, I've never had a to-do list. I have a schedule. Yeah. So like today, there's a segment where there's like a ebook that I'm currently writing and likely using your designer to uh, make it look better. But I'm writing this ebook and I've got three hours that are carved out to then do the work to at least get the first draft together, bring it over to an editor, and the reality is that thing would exist because I've actually made the time to do it. It's the reality that there's no such thing as finding the time. What actually exists is making the time. I, I love what you said, though, a moment ago. And let's talk about the skills of the hypnotist, because I do think we need to take a moment and pull something out of the training that we do together and talk about the power of the empty chair. 
which is a practice strategy as to how the hypnotist can grow a lot of confidence. And I love this because you and I have both been made fun of this. <laughs> uh, I've been mocked for giving us advice for years, and that is uh, put a stuffed animal in the chair of practice. When I first learned Ericksonian hypnosis, I was practicing and learning language patterns. And I would I remember turning the key on my Chrysler K car saying, you know, you can uh, start quickly or you can start slowly, uh, but surely you can start today. So it, it, it's simply practicing. And uh, the reality is practice does make perfect. That improv comedian who you went to go see last week, who did such a great show riffing off of everything in the audience, did the exact same show. Uh, a week before, and it's going to do the exact same show next week because nothing was improv. It was all actually well rehearsed. Uh, and I think practice does make perfect. That is part of consistency. So self-hypnosis is probably the easiest way to find a real person to practice hypnosis on. Uh, but it also is a great way to practice language strategies with that empty chair that you're sitting across from. I put a stuffed animal in it or one of my many dogs and it just becomes a strategy for rehearsing. And just to give this process some credit where it's due, none of Richard's stuffed animals and none of Richard's dogs smoke. So uh, clearly there you go. This is going phenomenally well. Yes. Well, the, the advice that I give on that is that, you know, there's a intake form that I give to my clients and what I say to students in a class is to fill out that intake form as if it was a specific client, you know, create the case study. And whether it's stuffed animal or whether it's just sheet of paper, you know, the mistake people make is sitting around and waiting for the opportunity. And this is the comedian's line that I kept quoting in my work smart business book. Do you see how we got that plug seamlessly in there, by the way? Um, Kevin Pollack would say that if you're not creating, you're waiting. So I would create the opportunity early on to practice what I was doing by coming up with this client case study and then running my hypnotic process as if that document was my client and working specifically off of their needs. Now, the side note to this is something that over time became nicknamed, and this is optional, but it's highly recommended, the deck of doom. Get a stack of index cards and write out the various things that could occur spontaneously during your session, such as a uh, client goes into a coughing fit. There you go despite your best efforts to request they turn off their cell phone. Well, they did turn off their cell phone, but it's still on vibrate and that's louder than it ringing, it turns out. Um, there's someone outside knocking on the door. Uh, what things come to mind, Richard, in terms of things that can go wrong? In uh, session? Your office is in the front of the building and people come to pick people up from another office of Hawk out front. The UPS guy comes in the front door. You have to pee in the middle of a session. A jackhammer is going off because the sidewalk is being rebuilt. So I actually wrote a book on this titled Magic Words in Hypnosis. That's and a great it, title, by the way. Great title. It <laughs> is the script. I wrote this book uh, at the 2011 ICBCH convention. We gave it to everybody. The 2022 ICBCH convention, by the way, is coming up. We'll give away something awesome there. But uh, we have to have a plan for really everything that could go right and go wrong and prepare for it. And we prepare for that by rehearsing and by practicing and by writing it down. Yeah. So the strategy becomes you're now working with this made up client. And let's throw in the obvious disclaimer. Yes, it would be great to also be working with real living, breathing people as well. You're going to learn even more from that. But think about what's going to be different in your process, though, when suddenly the unexpected occurs and it doesn't phase you 
because you're ready for it. So the trick to this is, you know, if you've done the index card routine, the, the deck of doom, spontaneously throughout your session, reach over, flip the card over, and suddenly deal with, it says, ab reaction. I like the classic Jerry Kine approach of, that's right, the scene fades and you tend to your breathing. By the way, as you're considering Deck of Doom, um, a warning and a recommendation at the same time. Go to YouTube and search four words. Adam Sandler, farting, hypnotist. Excellent, excellent video. You are welcome. Thank you. You will be so confident in your process as that will... Hopefully not be your challenge. If not, let's go back to Jerry Kahn. You know what? This next method works even better when I'm not in the room. Now, chances are there are some this far into our conversation that are almost, again, putting down this idea, criticizing the concept of it. We can now say it consistently. The people who we've recommended this to over the years, those are more likely the ones that are actually now doing the professional work of hypnosis. So to consistently get better, you need to be consistently doing the work. You and I have probably seen as many clients as anyone on the planet Earth. We have been seeing clients for years and doing a lot of work. We've trained a lot of people and we train people to do what we actually do. So I, I always say, if you're going to go to hypnosis training, make sure you can actually book a session with that hypnotist. Uh, are they really doing the real work of hypnosis? And the people that we've trained who do what we do are doing successful things. That's the power of consistency. By the way, you, you said something that I also think is part of that consistency process. You know, write out that intake form, filling it out as if it was a real person. This helps the person create an avatar for their marketing so that they know who it is that they're going to be speaking to with their message. If you're doing advertising, Facebook ads, marketing, building a website, uh, you know, speaking at a meeting, and you don't have a mental picture in your mind of who it is that you want to attract as a client, then you're not going to be attracting the clients that you want. And I think it's really important to define the person who we're going to be speaking to and have a representation in our mind of who that's going to be so that whenever we have the opportunity to share the work that we do, we're sharing to that mental image of who it is that is our ideal client. That's who we're going to attract. I agree. And let's go yes and off of this. So now that we've identified who that ideal client would be and what part of their story is, and, and the reality is the more tightly you niche something down, the more consistent, the more clear your message becomes. And the reality is there'll be a part of the audience that sees that and makes their own connections and goes, oh, this person can probably help me with this. And they'll actually reach out to you faster. Though I'd pose a question as a bit of a riddle, not already knowing the answer. Uh, would you say that the marketing, the promotion, the advertising, whatever word we want to use to do our client acquisition, would you say that's more of an event or a process? It's absolutely a process. I learned this early on when I built my practice by running classified ads on the back page of the back page newspapers. Uh, every city had their weekly entertainment rag. In Wichita, it was the F5. Uh, in Tulsa, it was the Urban Tulsa. In Dallas, it was the Dallas Observer. And I would run ads on the back page of the uh, of those weekly magazines. And I noticed that the first four or five weeks that I ran the ads, I got no calls. And I noticed that in week six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, I would start to get a whole lot of calls. And then I would stop the ad and I would usually run a different ad. And yet I would get calls in week 13, 14, 15, and 16 for the ads we're running in week 10, 11, and 12. Advertising works, whether it's radio ad, TV ad, newspaper ads, or any other type of advertising 
when there's consistency. Consistency creates success in marketing or advertising. Well, look at the fact that we all know that McDonald's sells hamburgers. We all know that Apple sells computers and other electronic devices. We all know that Starbucks sells coffee, but they keep reminding us of this now, don't they? They do, uh, because the, the, the conscious mind has a short term ability to retain information. So we have to keep introducing it in the conscious mind. What consistency does in advertising, though, is it lets us know when we need to access that knowledge, like, oh, now I'm ready to quit smoking. Now I'm ready to stop being anxious. Now I'm ready to stop chasing cars. Hey, wait a minute. Wasn't there an ad in the urban Tulsa? Wasn't there some guy on KXTD radio? Wasn't there a, a website? And then they go back as if it was the yellow pages to find the answer. So we consistency is a requirement. Anybody spending $100 worth of ads who gets no results hasn't done enough advertising. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd go back to the formula for luck. Uh, we could say that luck is the equation of experience meeting up with opportunity. And I, I got this lesson. What started my career was I originally was doing a program for high schools and the foot in the door was postcard advertising. And there were schools that I would send something to like three or four times a month. This is now going back to like 2006, 2007 at this point. And what would happen, though, is by the time they'd call and book something, they'd always say the same thing. This is such a great idea. I wish you let us know about it earlier. And of course, I was polite and didn't go, yeah, I've been mailing you postcards for the last three years. I would have, you know, systems built into Virginia hypnosis, which would get the foot in the door by offering something of value, what we would often call like a lead magnet, uh, series of videos or like an ebook, like the one I'm going to be writing today. And it's from that, it would create the sequence of, and here's the rule, adding more value to stay top of mind and giving a polite invite as to how to get more, which was just simply at that point, it was call this number for a free consult. Nowadays, it'd be go through the sequence to schedule a time to chat. Yet it's the reality that not everybody is always encountering you when they're in a position where they can make a buying decision, which is my fancy way of saying they're sitting on the toilet looking at their phone. There you go. So consistency and the ability to stay top of mind. So like Richard said, when the opportunity is there, they already see you as a resource, uh, which there's a friend of ours that, um, you know, episode number 350 of this podcast comes out next week. And a friend of ours went around episode 210 or so. He's like, oh, you're serious. Which look at this as <laughs> look at this as an example of making the decision. And, and I'll call it out. Early on, there wasn't an audience. Early on, there weren't people who knew where to find this thing or what it even was. And now it's a constant conversation in so many different communities. Well, the hardest thing for people to do is a podcast or blog consistently. Because the first 50 blogs, nobody's reading. The first 50 podcasts, nobody's tuning in. And by the time you get to number 40, 45, most people give up. And they're almost to the point where they're starting to attract an audience. Yeah. And that is the power of consistency. People know I can find Jason's podcast. People know I can find Roger Moore's blog. It's essential. Yeah, that's part of my story, too, that that's why Work Smart Hypnosis eventually took over as the main source of my clients. The general public finds this program and they reach out to me. That's why we were able to close down the office of Virginia Hypnosis and move 
900 miles south. So look at that as an example of picking a specific channel and getting consistent. Now you have a ton of content on YouTube, as do I, you have a whole lot more. Tell part of the story as to the decision early on to jump into that and kind of what you had in mind in terms of what you were putting on there. Well, I jumped in early. I was lucky. I posted a video because my son told me I should do it. And I had no idea what YouTube was. He was in high school at the time. It was 2006. And he said, you should put one of your hypnosis training videos up. So I did. And I promptly got over a million hits on it. I became really excited about that. And I started posting all kinds of things. That was back in the day, by the way, when people would share this myth that you shouldn't post a hypnotic induction online. <laughs> so I made a number of videos that were teaching hypnosis inductions and posted them up on YouTube. And people were really happy about being able to learn using an online media. But that's just part of the message about consistency. When I started my business in 1994, I made the decision, and I don't know how I got this idea, but I made the decision that every person in my market, which was licensed mental health professionals in Texas, would see my logo in the mail three times during the year. Nice. And uh, so I spent a ton of money to do that so that they would know who I was. Curtis Floth, who's an ICBCH member, is going to be speaking at our conference in February has written a book about creating a beautiful logo and branding. It's an excellent book. I think everybody should, should get it. The power of the logo to create consistency. Your thing is purple. There's not a hypnotist in the world who doesn't think of Jason Lynette when they see the color purple somewhere or somebody wearing a, a purple tie or wearing a purple shirt. So branding and consistency creates awareness. And whatever the mind attends to, it considers. And what it considers, it eventually acts upon. And the people who have been considering what we do because of our branding, our consistency, our message, our blogs, our logo, our snail mail, our radio advertising, our uh, social media posts, eventually it's going to take action and reach out when the time is right for them. Well, let's go back to the topic a few moments ago around scheduling, you know, in terms of managing time which would be that you know when we're into a more consistent rhythm we've purposefully paused another podcast that's been running uh as the audience changed after people have been in it for two years and i went oh that's who's attracted to this cool let's change the title let's change the audience but that now requires the domino effect of changing the audience which that's tomorrow's task of re-recording the interludes of the hypnotic language hacks podcast but i call this out so, so recognize along the way, be willing to adapt, be willing to listen to what people are responding to and, and make those changes. But, but inside of all of this, there comes this intention that, as I've been saying for years in this, to embrace the fact that you are a content creator first that happens to provide a product or a service. And then once we have that clarified, the, the reality is traditionally for a while, I'd be recording this program or even the other program like maybe once or twice a month. And then the words of the late, great Ron Popeil said it and forget it. So I think the, the flaw that people have this, this message as to when someone reaches out to me and when someone's booking a call with me because they want to join one of my programs or hire me on to kind of consult with what they're doing, which as I'm looking at my calendar, I'm talking to someone today who sent a screenshot, she goes, oh, I'm listening to episode 120 of your podcast today. As you messaged me, I'm like, that's the one from like five years ago, that there's another nudge of consistency. The, the ability to pick something and schedule the time to do it, nothing happens 
unless it becomes important to us and we make it a priority for that to occur. But when people see the volume of stuff that I've put out, the volume of stuff that you've put out, it's like metaphorically, they're standing at the base of the mountain looking up and going, I can't do that. And yet somewhere there had to be the first video to be produced. Somewhere there had to be the first website to be produced. That's exactly where I was going. How many books, Richard? 28 books. But but that would take forever. It takes at least 16 weeks to write a book, right? I can can teach somebody to do it in 12 weeks. How about that? (laughs) So here's one of the things I want to burst everybody's bubble, uh, your bubble and my bubble too. Jason and I aren't actually smarter, better, or anything else than really anybody else. There's a reason we call it work smart and not work smarter hypnosis. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And one of the things that we've done is we've we've simply created the schedule that we've been consistent at deciding to do something and follow through. Look, I was writing books early on when nobody read my books. I, I mean, literally, I, I wrote those books in the you know early or late 1990s, the early 2000s. I don't know if I had any readers. Frankly, I'm not even sure the books are worth reading. Uh, but, but yet I just stuck to it. I got a D in Mr. Gallagher's high school English class, uh, writing did not come naturally to me, uh, but I consistently kept writing books. And now I'm, I, I have more best-selling books in the field of hypnosis than anybody. And I simply shared in those books, what I actually do with my clients. I didn't do, you know, years worth of research into whatever. I, I just shared what was working and what I did and how I do it. And, and then wrote it down and typed it up and, and sent it to an editor to be edited. And, you know, years later, um, you know, I, I could release a, a, a book on pretty much any subject and hit the top of the Amazon bestseller list on day one. What's cool about that is, again, this all goes back to where we started this, that not everybody is at the point where they want to be offering books to our industry. They could right. be writing for muggles for the general public in terms of the clients to actually come in. And it all comes back to that consistency of where we start of consistently getting in the practice. There's a story that I don't intend this to be the, you know, self patting on the back, but it does illustrate why there's a level of confidence and a level of ease in terms of hypnotic language. And I think I've told the story here before, but hey, 349 episodes at this point might as well repeat a story. It was that A friend of mine was curious about learning some basic NLP principles, and there was another trainer who was doing a workshop directly in her area. And she messaged me about it. She goes, oh, have you heard of this? And I go, oh, he's a good friend. You know, I've been to some of his stuff. He's been to some of mine. Go check it out. And the basics of the event were about meta model questionings, you know, breaking down into, um, you know, chunking down into specifics as well as simple rapport strategies. Now, she was in a business of direct sales. So clearly there was going to be a benefit to increasing rapport with her ideal prospects, as well as chunking down to the specifics so that ethically she could then present her product as the solution to the specific things that she wanted to learn. It was a four-hour workshop, and knowing the man who taught the event, I wasn't there. But knowing him, I'm sure it was top-notch. I'm sure it was phenomenal. And I reached out to her about a week or two afterwards and asked the question as to, hey, how's it going? Well, you know, it was so helpful. It was really enlightening. I just haven't had the time to practice. How, how many 
sales calls have you done the last week or two? Oh, I, I consistently see like four or five a day. Like, but you, you haven't had. So the story here is that when I first encountered all of this work in terms of language, linguistics, and ethical influence, the phrase was, this was all based upon effective communication. So if it was all based upon effective communication, why not do it all the time? So this is something that this is part of why Richard and I teamed up eventually to do uh, certification training together. We say a lot of the same things. We have differing opinions, but we end up at the same result as to let all of your communication become hypnotic. And we also become more effective in our change process where it's not necessarily only about hypnotizing the client to produce a change, but teaching them how to, let's use the word, consistently live hypnotically so that they are living inside of their result as opposed to moving toward. Yeah, we result. practice self-hypnosis now so we can spend 20 minutes doing self-hypnosis, but so we can be hypnotic and experience hypnosis 24 hours a day. So we can live hypnotically. When I teach hypnosis training classes, I'm teaching people how to be hypnotic from the moment the client walks in the door until the moment they walk out the door. Because whether the person is sitting in a chair and having the eyes open or closed is really not, that's the ritual, uh, but it's not the hypnosis. So then let's, let's put this into some action steps for people that are out there. Uh, for those that are kind of in the startup phase, and let's mix together the fact that they need more confidence in terms of their skills, which is then going to relate to greater results. But also at the same time, they need to have that consistent flow of clients for this all to mesh up. Break it down to like two or three action steps. What would you what would you recommend they do? Uh, number one, if you don't have Outlook or Google Calendar or something equivalent, get it and schedule your time. Number two, look at what's working rather than trying to figure out what do I need to do? What am I missing? Spend time looking at what you're doing that is correct and schedule more time to do more of what's working for you. That's probably the easiest way to actually get ahead. Yeah, I'd throw in pick a pathway to be consistent. So choose a specific way that you're going to be getting practice that might be, you know, we have a lot of people in various groups of ours checking in with others to set up practice sessions, you can do the empty chair, which is officially called the HypnoBob routine, just to give it a much more name. HypnoBob is wonderfully compliant, by the way. That's why we do the Deck of Doom thing. Uh, but pick that channel is also as to how you're going to be found. And people get caught up sometimes in the question of, should I do Facebook? Should I do Instagram? Should I write? Should I podcast? And the better question kind of goes back to something Richard hinted at earlier, which is, where are your ideal people gathering? And, and that's where you focus those efforts. So it's not a matter of what should I do? It's a matter of sometimes where should I be? And that becomes that mechanism. It's where the other business that I'm now running was built because I looked around and went, hey, in this world, people have the same three resume points, TED Talk, book, and podcast. And so I created the world of consistency to bring people into that. And that's a big source of my audience now. Let's also throw in consistency of improvement. Absolutely. That this, this is something that you and I've connected further on this year of making sure, and my dialogue is that of, if I'm in the situation, and I say this respectfully, if I'm in the situation where I'm the one consistently holding court and teaching others, 
that's great for enhancing a industry. That's great for enhancing the confidence and the quality of what I do. Yet that's not putting me in a situation where someone else respectfully is holding court and I'm learning from them. So to find the ability to, this is where there is, yes, a value in ongoing training within our shared industry or even looking outside of it. So Richard and I have been, you know, going to, uh, I've been doing this for years, uh, but going to marketing events, I, I joining mastermind. Do whatever Jason did this year. <laughs> oh, all these marketing and business development conventions. I've been going to it. By the way, I think this is important. I, I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at business. And, and I learned before a lot of these people were even online, before some of them were even born. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and so I, I always thought to myself, well, I don't really need to spend time and money to go to that. And I decided, you know what? I need to learn from somebody else who's doing something different than me. And uh, and so I, I've done that. And people have an opportunity in our industry to go to the 2022 ICBCH Winter Hypno Conference this February in beautiful Orlando, Texas. This is a part of Texas. I mean, Orlando, Florida. I have to pull a Mike Mandel and Chris on that one. We'll fix that in post. Yes, Florida. Florida. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to be able to get together as a profession and to be able to make connections to other people and to learn from other experts what, what they're doing to create success, both in the office with clients and in their business. And uh, you know, we have a great lineup of awesome people who are actually doing the real work. And none of the speakers at the ICBCH convention were picked because they are a big draw. They were picked because they actually do the work that they're speaking about. And I think that's really important because it's a place where people can make connections, uh, learn new skills, strategies. And I also think it's really important, especially after the last year and a half, uh, for people to be together again as a profession. You and I went to a convention in Orlando last month that had 3,000 people. I think a lot of people were probably a little bit nervous about attending an event with 3,000 people. The event went really, really well. It was an awesome thing to be in a room uh, with people again who you could connect with on a personal level. I made lifelong relationships uh, at that event uh, a month and a half ago. That will yes. probably be relationships that I'll have uh, until the day I die. Being able to participate in live events is important. That's why the ICBCH convention is not a virtual event. You can't buy a ticket and then tune in and watch it from wherever you are. It's in Orlando, Florida, because we want people together. So what uh, what link can they go to? How can they find out more about that? Well, you can go to hypnosisconvention.com. Of course you own that one. Hypnosis.com, <laughs> and that will be all of the details for the upcoming ICBCH convention. Yeah, it's a great lineup. And on the theme of consistency, this has been something that I was delightfully surprised about. And, you know, what I told the story earlier, where we purposefully paused a podcast, which I'll say this politely, was bringing in a consistent audience. But the audience that was coming into it was different than the audience that I originally intended. So we retitled a program and that requires some other mechanisms. The, the fact that as the, as we do the hypnosis certification program, you know, that was built for people who were brand new to jump in, but we all know that there's a quality issue in terms of many hypnotic trainings that are out there. So if you're looking to break away from scripts, breaking away from rigid protocols, or to have the ability of flexibility in your in your uh, client process, that's where suddenly the Work Smart Hypnosis Live event that we would do, which is an ICBCA certification, 
Well, it turns out half the people who have been signing up the last two years aren't necessarily the ones that are looking for the certification. They want the skills. They want the confidence inside of what they're doing. These are the people who perhaps are still kind of jumping over those hoops of figuring out the fact that we all have international businesses now, and we're not just local anymore, thanks to this renaissance of online effective hypnosis. So you can check out that. We've got one coming up in January 2022. That's WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And if you're listening to this after all these events occur, I'm sure there'll be a 2023 ICPCH conference. So we consistently keep putting out these Work Smart Hypnosis Live events. Let's kind of bring it in for a close here because I need to hop in a call in five minutes and consistently continue to serve the people who are in my programs. Uh, if you had to break it down to one specific strategy that's been one of your sort of secret weapons of consistency, if you had to define the one thing that has built not only the client success, but also the business success, let's go for that plastics moment in the movie, The Graduate. What is the one piece of advice to focus your consistency? Uh, it sounds too simple, but I wake up at the same time every morning and I do the exact same thing every morning. Uh, I wake up, I walk the dogs. When I walk the dogs, I take that 20 minutes to think about what it is that I need to be focusing on during the day. I set an, an intention for the day and I come back from walking the dogs, the dogs are happy, and then I do what I intend to do. That habit is a habit that I've had for years and it's a habit that has changed my life. Starting with a walk is that physical and that mental activity. It, it sounds so simple. Get up at the same time and walk the dogs. And if you don't have a dog, go for a walk yourself. There's no such thing as not walking enough. And it makes all the difference in the world. You have a good source for golden, golden doodles there, right? I do have a good source for golden doodles. So uh, we have, we, we're collecting one of every size. And color. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the bonuses in the show well, notes. For sure. I yeah, I'm, I'm a yes and on that one in terms of waking up consistently at the same time. I, I go to a gym, I do weightlifting, then I come home and then officially start my day. So I'll set, a, I'll set an intention of consistency in terms of theme. If you look over everything you've seen of mine over the years, it's all built upon one specific premise. Create the world where people already know, like, and trust you before they actually get in front of you. And right there is the formula that's behind everything that I've done. That's the filter of every piece of content, every podcast episode, every appearance at a convention, every dialogue with a client. So create a consistent theme as to what your messaging is meant to serve. And then from that sort of top-down mechanism, now you have a place to get started. Excellent. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews online, keeping the conversations going by sharing these various episodes, as well as taking a leap and going forward with us. This is why we do the Work Smart Hypnosis Live training event, which you can find at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. As you heard, half of the people are brand new and seeking certification. The others, the certification might even just be a bit of a bonus because they're looking for the skills to consistently create powerful results, take the guesswork out of their process, and break away from rigid protocols and scripted techniques. That's why we pull that half and half audience. And as well, check out the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com to see all the details for the upcoming February ICBCH Winter Hypno Conference happening four hours, four miles from my house. That's a 
that's a good move that we did there. Uh, here in Orlando, Florida, with an amazing lineup and great attendees from all over the world. Check that out and all the details at worksmarthypnosis.com. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. 